My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Welcome, friend. Do you find yourself with an empty nest and a faded vision? Then you're in the right place. God still has a calling and mission for us in the second half of our lives, because you know what? We're not done yet. So join me, Susan Macias, author, speaker, and empty nest mom, and let's explore how our family, our church, and our world needs us. Welcome to episode two of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. I have a question for you today. Do you ever wonder if it's too late to serve God? Maybe we've just gotten to the age that we can lean back in the pew and let the professionals take care of it. Today, we're going to look at a parable that debunks the idea of too late. In fact, according to this parable, what we do now in the little time we have left is just as valuable as if we had started earlier. I'll share the scripture, and then I'll be adding a little commentary along the way. This is more the Susan Macias commentary. It is not authorized by any overarching scriptural, spiritual, you know, standing. I'm just going to fill in some of the details. So it's in Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. And it starts with, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Okay, so they go out early in the morning. Does not specify the hour, but usually days of labor started around 6 or 7 a.m. Okay, so that's the first group of laborers. Going out about the third hour, which would be around 9 a.m., he saw others standing in the marketplace, and to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And then going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. So he had gotten workers the beginning of the day at six, third hour, about 9 a.m., sixth hours about noon. The ninth hour is at three. And then he goes out at five o'clock, the 11th hour. He went out and found others standing. That's five o'clock in the evening. You know, they're probably getting ready to figure out what they're going to eat for dinner, but they're still standing around the marketplace. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, a denarius was like a typical day wage. Um, there's a lot of talk about exactly how much would that have been. Well, it was about a day wage. It was a silver coin that would provide what people needed for the day. So think about when you see someone who's just worked the last few hours of the day, and they get a denarius. And then you're going in the back going, okay, man, I worked all day long. This is going to be good. 
But what happens? Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. And he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. I mean, I can tell you that I have to admit My own personal sense of justice would be a little bit irritated if I had been out all day long working so hard and got paid the same. But God's kingdom and economy is not ours, and we cannot judge him by what we think is fair. But we can learn from this parable some incredible definitions and pictures. So let's look at what these workers are. And these, once again, this is according to Susan Macias, so you know, don't don't go look for this in any printed commentary anywhere. I am looking at this in light of us as our second half calling, our third quarter, fourth quarter calling, whatever we want to say it is. What are we doing? Well, let's look at this parable to see what it tells us about the workers. So when I look at these early workers, I picture men and women who went to seminary, their entire career has been as a professional Christian. They they didn't, you know, they chose jobs that were to serve the church. They might be in pastorship. They um, might teach at a seminary, might be a missionary. And praise God for these people. I mean, they are the ones who do it full time. And there are others who might not be professional, they might not get paid for it, but they've pursued God their whole life. And that's what they've done. So those are the early workers. They're out there early and the whole day long. Third hour, maybe those who started listening intentionally to God some point in college, young adulthood, it changed their habits, their directions. They began to take Jesus more seriously and they began to serve him. The ones who come in the sixth hour, remember that's about noon, they come to a place, maybe their kids are teenagers or getting out of the house, life is changing, and all of a sudden they realize there's more to do than just show up at church every week. And they answer the invitation and they start serving God, might be going to Bible studies and adding in learning the scripture at that point of their midlife. But what about the 11th hour? I mean, the 11th hour, that's the end of life. That's like, you know, the last lap around the track. And what does God say? It's not too late. They only had one hour left to work, but that was okay. It was not too late to get in God's field and work. And here's the kicker. What did they get paid? The exact same amount. No matter how long they worked, the pay was exactly equal. You know, I think that we think God is going to be so pleased with us for working so hard and doing so much for him. He'll give us a little bit better mansion in heaven. But there is nothing in scripture that says that, that says one person is going to have 
gold faucets in their mansion and someone else is just going to have plain old stainless steel because they didn't quite do as much. No. Obedience to God's call and following him in what he calls us to do or what we learn we ought to do, it's all the same pay. It's relationship with him and eternity with him. Here's some other lessons I pull out of this parable for us. When we are looking at it from this stage of life, we don't need to worry about what the hour is. Our enemy would love us to think that we're disqualified because we just waited too long. The master is seeking out workers. He's continually going back at all stages of our life saying, why are you being idle? Come on, there's work to do. Get busy. When we receive the invitation, we just need to answer and we need to get busy. But the other side is just as important. We don't need to be proud of how long we've worked for God. Oh, Lord, I've done so much. Aren't you just really happy with me? No. If you work early, your blessing is in relationship and time with the master. But you don't get paid more. You're doing what you ought to do. And lastly, you know what? If we're making the excuse that it's too late, it's not. As long as we're still breathing, even in the 11th hour, even if we feel like there's just not any more of me left, you know what? It's not too late. And I'll tell you exactly why it's not too late. And we find that in Matthew 9. Jesus is with his disciples and he looks around at the crowds. And in Matthew 9, verse 36, he said, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Oh, gosh, think about our world today. How many people we look around and see and they look harassed and helpless. They're sad. They don't know where to go. They don't have anyone to lead them. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He's ready to send us. Sending is not the problem. The lack of workers is the problem. We think we don't have enough training or we don't know enough Bible or we don't have enough of an understanding of something, but we're just workers in the field. We just need to pick up the hoe and break up the ground and pull out some weeds. We, there is work to do, and the need is for workers. In John 4, 35 and 36, it says, But do you not say there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? You know, isn't that a great delay? You know, I'll get to it when it's more convenient or I have time or after I finish that house project or, or, or. But this is what Jesus says. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. See that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. The work is ready now. Think of it. It's sitting there ready. The problem is not the work. Once again, it's the lack of workers. God doesn't need professionals. He needs sowers, people that plant the seed. He needs reapers. The people that that 
pull in the harvest, he needs laborers. So the question for you today, whether you find yourself in the sixth hour or the ninth hour or the eleventh hour, we all need to be asking the Lord, where can I labor, Lord? What field would you have me to work in? What seed can I plant? What grain can I harvest? You know what? All we got to do is look around. We're going to see needs everywhere we go. And everywhere we go into a need, we can take Jesus with us and be workers of the harvest. But here's an easy task. If you look around and you go, that's just too scary. I don't know what to do. And thank you very much. I don't think that's what I want to do. I got a job for you. And it's from what Jesus said. He said that we need to pray earnestly. So you can start praying this. Oh, Lord of the harvest, please send more laborers into the field. I ask you to send more to harvest those souls that are there. But I'll warn you, don't be surprised when you hear him say, as he will sometime soon, why are you standing idle? We've got harvesting to do. Get busy. Hey, thanks for joining me today. If you want to continue the conversation, hop on over to my website, susankmacias.com, and look for the blog post that goes with today's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. Feel free to share it with a friend, someone who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call in the second half of her life. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet.